In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. The Word, Jesus, became flesh, a baby boy, and came to dwell among us. Jesus grew up and was baptized. And one day, just after Jesus had been baptized, but before he had any disciples, Jesus was out for a walk. And that is where our story starts today, at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. So, the word of the Lord from John 1, 29 to 42. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The word of the Lord. So this scripture has two parts of the story. The first half is the witness of John the Baptist, which happens the day after Jesus' baptism when John sees Jesus walk by. John testifies that Jesus is the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. The Lamb evokes all kinds of images, thanks to centuries of ancestors who literally sacrificed a lamb to God. Ancestors who put the blood on their door frames. Images of sacrifice, of forgiveness, of redemption. And John bears witness that this is the man who Israel was promised, the one foretold in the prophets, 
the one that their ancestors had been waiting for. John then tells the story of Jesus' baptism, saying that he baptized Jesus so that Jesus might be revealed to all of Israel. He says twice that the Spirit remains with Jesus. And this is how he witnesses who Jesus is. Not because of a friendship or being a follower, but because of a revelation from God that whoever John baptized and the Spirit remains with, this is the one they've been waiting for. The Son of God. The one who will be the permanent bearer of the Spirit, and his life will carry that knowledge and power. This man, Jesus, is the one to follow. And the second half of our story happens the day after that, when Jesus is once again out walking. John the Baptist is standing there with two of his followers. And once again, he witnesses to who Jesus is, saying, look, it's the Lamb of God. And once he says this, the two disciples stop following John and start following Jesus. And what's interesting is that John's followers don't seem to make a statement about this or even ask a question. They just start following. In fact, it's Jesus who notices them following him, and it's Jesus who turns to ask, what are you looking for? That question, what are you looking for, is a really good spiritual question. So John has finished telling them who Jesus was, but they don't quite seem to acknowledge that yet, because instead they call him rabbi or teacher. They ask, Rabbi, where are you staying? This feels like a weird response to Jesus' question to me. There are a lot of synonyms for what it means to stay, to dwell, to settle, to rest, to abide. They want to know where Jesus dwells. They want to spend some time with Jesus. They are looking to find out where he was going to spend time with him. But they don't yet acknowledge who Jesus is. They have not yet had the revelation from God that John has had. They only call Jesus teacher. Maybe they were expecting a lecture or a sermon or a reading, something to instruct them. But Jesus does not offer any of that. Instead, he says, come and see. And that, that invitation, come and see, really gives them two invitations in that response. First, come. If we're going to come, we have to leave something behind. You have to leave where you are right now to go somewhere else. And second, they're invited to see. In keeping with this theme of, theme of John and the theme of Epiphany, sight is all about light. It's about opening yourself to new insights and new ways of being in the world. Jesus just says, come and see. And so they do. They spend the day with Jesus. And then late in the afternoon, one of them, Andrew, goes to find his brother, Simon, and says, we have found the Messiah. He is no longer rabbi or teacher. He's now Messiah the anointed, and he brings Simon to meet Jesus. 
I imagine what it would be like for me to meet Jesus, and I think there's a lot of things I would want to do. I think I'd probably sit in a stupor for a little while. I think I would want to wash Jesus' feet. I would have a lot of questions to ask. And maybe Andrew did some of those things, but the first documented thing he does is that he says the Messiah is here, and he goes and finds his brother. It is to spread the good news that what they have long heard stories of and anticipated and hoped for is here. The story of who Jesus is begins with the witness of John the Baptist and ends with Andrew declaring Jesus as the Messiah and bringing Simon, now Peter, to follow him. We can see Jesus' followers growing right here before our eyes in the story. The very beginning of Jesus' ministry, the realization of the light that has come into the world. And I think this story invites you and I to ask ourselves the very same questions that Jesus asked. What are you looking for? What do you want to be revealed? Where do you need light? What do you hope to see? When you and I come close to Jesus, I think he asks us the same question. Because everyone is looking for something. Some of us are looking for a place to belong, a best friend, a safe space. Some of us are looking not to be bored or alone. Some of us are looking for comfort, for peace, for an answer to all of our questions. Some of us are looking for someone to save us. Some of us want to know why. And some of us just want to know where to find Jesus. Where does he abide, and can I be there too? And there's no wrong thing to be looking for. It could be anything. But Jesus turns around and looks at us and wants to know exactly who we are right now. He wants to know what makes us happy and what makes us sad. He wants to know what we're grateful for and what we're longing for. The incredible invitation is that once he knows who we are right now, Jesus wants to help us become all that God created us to be. No matter what we are looking for, Jesus invites us to come and see. Come and see. What do we see when we follow Jesus? Jesus invites us to look and see what he's doing in the world. In everything he did and said, people saw how Jesus cared for and taught people all about God and life in God's kingdom. Come and see, Jesus says. So they do. These first disciples saw a lot in their time with Jesus. They saw how Jesus cared for and healed sick people, how Jesus cared for and fed hungry people, how Jesus cared for and made friends with lonely people, how Jesus cared for and enjoyed little children. Ultimately, they saw him heal and forgive and tell great stories because everyone remembers a good story. They watched him live and move and breed with and among everyday people, just like they were. 
They saw Jesus touch people that he was not supposed to touch. They saw Jesus sit at tables they were surprised to see him sit at. They saw Jesus be touched with oil and tears and hair of a sinful woman. Barriers ignored or broken down. They saw Jesus love others purely and plainly, a humility and a peace that they couldn't always explain. As Judas or Peter would later experience in their own betrayals and denials of Jesus, they saw a love that they could never earn or deserve offered anyways. And then they watched him suffer and struggle and sacrifice and die, like a lamb of God after all. And they suffered the sting of that loss as a result. And then they felt the joy of his redemption on the other side of the empty tomb even more. Come and see, Jesus says. And so we do. And we are invited in relationship with Jesus. Jesus invites us on a journey with him where what we see when we follow Jesus will change us forever. Everything that the disciples saw changed them, transformed them, and changed the world around them by the grace they learned to receive and to share because of all that they experienced. This is what it means to follow Jesus, to continually move, to explore, to never stop growing. As we follow Jesus, our destination of this journey is not a physical time or a place, the destination is the love of God. God's love is infinite, and therefore we never arrive. We simply keep growing. Come and see, Jesus says. So we do. And that is God's hope for us as followers of Jesus, that we would come and see. And as we see and change and grow, we share that good news. We put flesh and bones and give life, our life, our flesh and bones, to the good news and grace that we experience from one day to the next. We don't just sit here with our hymnals and our orders in one hand and our best intentions in the other. We live out what it means to follow Jesus when we choose to practice what we preach, when we choose to be loving and forgiving and patient to be sacrificing and generous beyond reason, to offer the fullness of God's grace and mercy to the world. The parts of faith that matter most have to be experienced and shared if it's going to matter. Our faith matters most when we come and see it through sweat and tears and flesh and blood and laughter and love when we share it to such an extent that others are drawn to Jesus' light that our lives share for the glory of God. Light has come. No matter what we are looking for, we are invited to leave behind what we think we know and to journey with Jesus into the light. Come and see, Jesus invites us. So we do. Amen.